Welcome to the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Vidala, and we're going to talk about music theory, lyric writing, creative productivity, inspiration, and more. I'm super excited to have you here, so let's dive into the episode. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of Songwriter Theory. I am your host, Joseph Vidala, and today we are going to talk about a few things a few tough lessons that I had to learn as a songwriter. And the reason that I wanted to talk about this is I was recently rethinking about some of the things that happened early on that maybe I should have expected, but I didn't. And some of those things left me um, a little more disappointed and even devastated than, than I would have liked to the point that one of these things actually made it so that I didn't really songwrite for like a year and a half afterwards, or at least I didn't actively do as much songwriting for a good year and a half, two years afterwards, because of how discouraged I was over it. So some of you have been emailing me who are are very beginner songwriters. And, you know, I obviously making content for all people. I love, I love, love, love the stories for of people who are like, okay, I've wanted to songwrite for 20 years and now I'm finally going to do it. Or I used to songwrite 30 years ago and now I'm going to do it. I love those stories. Um, Well, at the same time, I obviously want to help people who already have been songwriting. But this is a subject that I think can really help both parties, but especially will help those of you who are new to songwriting and, and just for setting your expectations to be reasonable about certain things where it's easy for us to get kind of excitable and, 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 you know, sort of have certain delusions of, of, of grandeur or delusions of certain things that we think could happen um, that probably won't just so that you have the right perspective because the worst feeling is something kind of discouraging happening that you didn't fully expect. And, it, it, it just leaves you a little more scarred. Whereas if you're expecting some road bumps, you already knew the road bumps were there, it's not as big a deal. So that's the goal of this podcast, to make sure that when you come to those road bumps, you will say, okay, this is not a big deal because Joseph already told me to expect this. This is not, this is not because I suck or I'm the worst or anything like that. It is just a normal part of the process. So you don't freak out. You don't quit songwriting for a year and a half and you don't have any uh, minor trauma as a creator. So that's the goal. And with that, I am going to open with number one, which is almost impossible, almost impossible to keep a reasonable or low enough expectation when it comes to success, especially at the beginning. So what do I mean by that? Well, the first thing to think about is when you first are songwriting, when you first are creating songs, unless you're already like doing online marketing and you're doing a whole like video campaign to, you know, a a video every day to like show people your progress on your music and you make active efforts to like start creating a fan base from the internet with people that you don't already know, unless you're doing good stuff to do like that. 
the main people or only people really that are going to have access and see your music early on if you release an album or if you release just a single is is who it's your friends and family right so one of the unfortunate realities but also helpful things is that your friends and family will never be impressed by you for the most part now what do i mean by that the reality is that even if your music is great right you might have written the greatest song of all time probably not but you might have right no matter what when you take that to your friend when you take that to your parents when you take that to people who know you right especially parents right they change your diapers if you take the song to those people they can't unsee you as like in my case just joseph right so no matter how good or bad a song may be for me it doesn't really change that i'm just joseph now that's not necessarily a bad thing right that is twofold because it also that's the sort of thing that when you're ultra successful at anything right they keep you grounded right the the the, the whole i don't know if you've heard this before but it's like a pretty common joke with with someone who's super successful like a really successful band that's on the road and they'll joke about like yeah i'm you know off on tour and you know i'm playing for huge audiences and then i come home and i still have to do the dishes right like and and that's the idea that like at the end of the day no matter what you achieve you're still human and you know we all know that obviously but that's the sort of thing that if you do achieve great success in anything you do songwriting or otherwise right like if you become a c the next ceo of 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 uh you know apple or something regardless your family seeing you as just you is going to help you through times like that so that you don't get too big of a head um so it's also a good thing so i'm not insulting that but as a creator it can be a little discouraging when like i've had it that most of the people close to me there are a couple exceptions but most of the people close to me i felt like they couldn't see the art for what it was they were too busy seeing it as stuff joseph does and it's just joseph which when you create an album and you're really excited about it and you're really proud of a few songs on it can be a little discouraging when everybody's just like yep cool and the people more excited about it are some random people you don't even know right like a moment that stood out to me is some guy i had n- i never said a word to didn't know him at all but after a show that i did he came up to me and 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 like just told me how how great he thought a certain song was and why he thought it was great and and you know forever that guy has had a special place in my heart right because it's somebody who has no reason to come up to me he had nothing to gain by doing that he just like wanted to tell me hey that was a really great song which to this day like i'll never forget him even though i basically had two conversations all time with him that one and then another time i saw him around and pick, we picked up a similar conversation um but people who don't know you are able to see your art for what it is a lot more easily than the people close to you so you might have this expectation and it 
it does make some sense that like, oh, well, my my friends and family are going to be the most stoked about like this new music that I made. You know, they're, they're going to be most stoked about this new project I'm working on. And sometimes that's true, but a lot of times it really isn't. Because the reality is that if in three years, which don't set this expectation, but if in three years you're selling out more stadiums than Taylor Swift is, your close friends, for the most part, and your family are going to see you basically no differently, right? Which again, has a, has a positive side. But you have to keep that in mind because otherwise it can be really discouraging when you do something and you're like, man, I feel like this is really great. And the best compliments you get and the people that really seem to love it are people who don't know you. But the problem is most of who has access to your music are people who do know you. So it sort of just lands on almost deaf ears of like, oh, okay, yeah. And, you know, there will probably be a few, right? Like I have, I have a few people who are close to me who just love it. And to this day will be like, hey, I listened to your album again recently. I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. Because I made that like, you know, eight years ago now or whatever. Not that long ago. Six years, I think. Um, that specific album. But, you know, people who like you are not going to be the same people who like your art. I cannot over convey this. People who like you are not the same people who will like your art. Now, some people will like you and they will like your art, right? But just because people like you, right? And your friends and hopefully your family like you, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to like your art, right? So, you know, I, I might write in a very different genre than what my parents would ever listen to. So they might not like what I produce as art. They still love me, though, right? Or, you know, and, and that can be true all the way to a spouse, right? Like, I don't know if you've seen Parks and Rec, but early on, between Andy and April, there's like a point where I think they're married already and it sort of comes out that she doesn't really like the music that his band plays, that he writes. And it's a big deal to him. Not because he actually believes that they're the best band in the world, but just because, you know, he wants to be validated by, you know, your wife or girlfriend of all people, you would want to like your music. But the reality, right, is you may or may not marry somebody that likes your style of music, right? Like you can take it to an extreme where like you're writing a bunch of metal music and and they only like country right like are they really going to make an exception for like oh i i don't like any metal except you honey like i mean maybe in a supportive way but let's be honest if they took you out of it they're not going to like it regardless there's going to be a lot of friends who don't feel that way and they'll try to be supportive and they'll be try to be nice often but the reality is People who like you don't necessarily like what you do, right? Those are two different things. Just like some people who like your music would not like you personally, right? There are a ton of musicians, actors, directors, like there are a ton of people out in the world that I love the art that they put out. 
but I might know enough about them or they're obnoxious enough on Twitter for me to know that if I knew them personally, I probably wouldn't like them, right? So it goes in both directions, again. But the main concern here is, here is my expectation. My expectation was, how cool is it that I spent all my free time while in college, I sacrificed a lot of social time. How cool is it that I produced a full album while in college? Because not many people do that, right? Like that's not common, even for like a music major or whatever. And I was a software developer, I was a computer science major. So I thought, wow, this is really cool. And we didn't just like do acoustic or anything. We did full arrangements. So I thought, oh, this is going to be so cool. So when it comes out, especially since, you know, I had friends that would ask me constantly, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? When's it coming out? People could get impatient about it, right? But then when it came out, everybody was like, oh, cool. I mean, I, I, I'll never forget. I even had a friend, one who persistently was like, so when's it going to be done? When's it going to be done? And I was selling the album for $8. $7.99 to be precise, but $8. And he actually, only semi-jokingly, asked, well, I'm your friend, so you'll give it to me for free, right? Which, like, dude, you, you literally lived with me in the dorm for the, like, year and a half that you saw you would go home for, you know, fall break, and I stayed here to record, on Friday nights, you went out and socialized, and I stayed here to record. Like, I, you saw the sacrifice. You saw firsthand all the amount of work that was poured into this. And you want something for $8 for free? I mean, like, $8 is literally cheaper than a coffee date, right? Like, like literally, even if you just get coffee, on average, especially if you include tip, that's probably going over $8. Like, $8 is nothing. And I get that buying music even back then, right? Like this is six years ago or so that this specific album came out. And I get that even back then, the whole buying albums thing was basically dead. But these are some of your closest friends who literally saw you. Like they literally would walk by you as you're recording many parts of this album. They know better than anybody the amount of hours put into this. And they still have, like, just the idea of asking such a ridiculous question. Like, it is one of those things, like, I mean, yeah, but you should be the one who, like, I saw all your work and I want to support you, so let me do my tiny little part of paying you $8, right? Like, that's what you'd think, but that's just not how it goes. So the reality is... You might expect, right? You have 300 Facebook friends, 100 of those people you you have talked to in the last year or two, and, you know, 50 of those people are people that are actively in your life, between family that you actively see, some of your best friends, people maybe at your church or at your whatever that, that you see often, right? So 50. So you think, man, I post this music. I just came out with an album. It's a ton of work or even an EP or a single. People are just going to eat. No, no, 
I, I'm just telling you now. No, like, don't be surprised if you release a single, you release a song, and, you know, you get a couple comments like, oh, man, this is really cool. But for the most part, it just kind of feels empty. Like, what even just happened? Like, I feel like I did a cool thing, and I don't know. Maybe I should get some... Thing. I mean, I'm not saying people should come up to you and pay you money, right? But, but like, you know, if 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 your semi amusing status commenting on some random world event last week got ten likes, you probably aren't expecting your hey, I recorded an EP post like five songs to get five likes, right? Like that's insane. Seemingly right now. And, and this isn't even getting into the whole like, well, how, did, how many people did Facebook show it to? The point is, when it comes to support from people, you know, you will almost definitely be disappointed because as little as you can possibly expect from people, they will probably still disappoint you. And again, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. I'm not trying to say that your friends suck or anything. It's just, again, the reality is People who like you are not the same as people who may like your music. And, you know, another level of the reality is is everybody wants good original music out there, but they want to be fed it from the radio. They don't want to go see you perform original music, right? Like, it's one of those weird things where, like, in order to play music, you often have to play covers because that's what people want to hear. But those same people are people being like, oh, why isn't there great you know, new original music out there. Well, because you'd rather hear some crappy rendition of Living on a Prayer by some local band whose singer can't even get halfway to the high note, not even counting the key change, just just the original one, which I believe is tenor high C. He can't even, like, he can't even hit the G, much less a tenor high C. And you wanted to hear that rather than some original song that actually fits that band that they that they wrote that that's new and so this sort of all ties in this is the main one of the three i want to hit which is why i'm spending a while on it if there's one thing you get from this podcast or this video if you're watching on youtube it's set your expectations low as far as how people receive it and do not take it to heart and assume that your song is garbage just because people don't care. Specifically, I will say this. If anything, the first song you post, people will care, but people get over it really fast, right? Because I remember thinking like, man, if each of my friends shares this song, and I'm talking like my closest friends, the people that I would plan and or eventually did have in my wedding party, if just all of them share two or three songs from the album over the course of weeks. Imagine how many ears it could hit. Which seems reasonable, right? I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, each person who shares, now there's 200 more people that actually saw that that post on Facebook or that tweet or whatever, and they're all going to listen to it and become instant fans. That's not what I'm saying. But you would think at least, like, I don't know, close friend, at least do the lazy thing and click the little share button to share the post you did? No. <laughs> no. Maybe one. Maybe two. 
It depends. I mean, again, some friend groups are going to be different. Some some people you know are going to be different. Your experience might not be quite as devastatingly disappointing as mine was. But, again, cannot convey enough. Expect very little. Expect nothing as far as initial success and people, like, caring about this thing that you do. No matter how good it is. Right. The, the unfortunate reality is you may post it on Facebook, be really excited and then get, you know, a couple of people comment, oh, this is really good. And one person shares it, maybe, and then nothing. And within a day, it's all over. Nobody cares anymore. And you feel like, is that is that it? And don't be surprised if then you shoot me an email. You're like, okay, am I crazy? Is this Was this a terrible song or whatever? Let me reach out to Joseph because he's the only person I know for songwriting, right? That's why I listen to his podcast. I don't have friends who songwrite or whatever. So my closest relationship songwriter-wise is Joseph from Songwriter Theory, which, by the way, I fully welcome that. I would love for you to send, send, send me songs. That would be super awesome. I've had a, somebody do that, actually. It was super awesome. Um, but... Anyway, don't be surprised if then I'm more excited when, you know, you may have never emailed me before. It might be the first time you ever email me. So I don't know you at all at that point. Outside of like, oh, that's cool. Somebody who listens to Songwriter Theory. Somebody who watches Songwriter Theory. That's cool. But besides that, I might not know you at all at that point. And I might be more excited, probably will, than a lot of people that you know are excited about your song. Which seems, again, crazy. But you have to realize... You know, just like you might not really care what some of your close friends or relatives do for a day job, right? Like, I don't really care about the ins and outs of what my friends do during the day, for the most part. Some of them are more interested than others, right? Because I find some of their jobs more interesting than others. And, you know, this whole scenario that I'm talking about right now, trying to be transparent about, um, has really inspired me that, like, now when my friends create something, I try to like really make a point of it, right? Like if my friend makes a cool thing, I will share the crap out of that. Like just because I I know how it feels, right? So also if you have friends who do music stuff, go the extra mile, help them out, help out a friend, help out a brother or sister in need. So I know that was a, a, a long time, but that was the main point that I want to hit. There's two more, which I'll probably go through more quickly, but That is the main thing I want you to take from this. If you find that helpful, drop a like if you're on YouTube. And if also if you're on YouTube or if you're listening to the podcast and you're just now realizing, oh, he's actually going back to doing this on YouTube as well, feel free to hop over to the video, hit that subscribe button, click the little notification bell because every week I'm going to be helping you with songwriting at least once a week. I'm hoping to move towards two times a week sometime in the future. I don't know when yet, so don't quote me on that, but that is the goal. Um, But for now, every Monday. Number two, you're going to do stupid, regrettable things in your songs. So I've talked about this before, but my biggest regret with that first album that I did when I was in college is that I had tempo changes. Tempo changes are the worst. Don't do tempo changes. 
it just, it's obvious. Usually it's unnecessarily jarring. It feels like you're trying too hard or it feels like you're being some post something band, like, or you're some indie band trying to be different. It just, it just almost never sounds good. There are some exceptions to that, but as a general rule, you should think to yourself, tempo change, I better have a really good reason to do it, because otherwise it probably just means I haven't figured out the right tempo that works with the verse and the chorus and the whatever. Because if you're having huge tempo, if you're having huge tempo leaps, then feels like something's probably wrong. And if it's a small tempo change, then why even change it? Just meet in the middle, right? If you have 120 and 128, just do 124 across the whole song. You'll probably be good. Um, but, you know, that's an example of something very regrettable that I did, right? Like to this day, um, despite the fact that I am overall proud of that album, the vast majority of it I've wrote while I was in high school. Which, you know, if you take the average high schooler with songwriting, first of all, most haven't even started songwriting in high school. But if you have, the average song is so bad, right? I mean, like, think about your average local band. The reality is there's just a lot of bad songwriters out there, right? Like, it, like just, just bad, right? And so, so take that and make it a teenager, right? So expectations are very low. So... While I overall appreciate that album still, I can't listen to it. I can listen to a few songs, like four or five maybe, out of the ten, but some I can't. And for most of them, the reason is the tempo changes. I just can't do it. I, I can't do it. There's other little things like mistakes we made with recording the vocal. I was too close up on the mic, so it had to be like way over EQ'd to get rid of the like, you know, overly dark tone of being up on the mic and the trans and the um, the proximity effect, which is basically the closer you get to a mic, it, it like it really picks up the bass frequencies a lot. Um, so there's other mistakes like that that you know I I can't unhear it right, and you're going to be your own harshest critic. So there's a bunch of stuff. But man, the thing that makes some of those songs unlistenable to me is the tempo changes. And the worst is when I am otherwise proud of the song, or at least, you know, at peace with the song except for the tempo changes, when I think, if you j idiot just didn't do the tempo change, you could listen to this song still. You, could, you would not have this, like, almost animosity towards your own song or bitterness towards it because you put tempo changes in. So luckily almost all of the best songs of that album, I didn't have a tempo change. Like the four, five songs that didn't have a tempo change were five of the best songs. One of them that is, that is one of my favorites from the album does have a tempo change, but it's super subtle. So you can't really tell. So luckily at least that, but going off of that, an album is a huge endeavor. Huge. And the first thing we released, besides like a single from the album a month before, was an album. Right? Because I thought, how cool would it be to record an album? And I'm, I was still, and I, I kind of still am old school. Like, I, I like an album. Not like a, you know, an album album. But like, I like 10 to 12 songs of new music 
I like the journey that that can take a listener on. I still enjoy, like, the artists I really like, I listen to their album front to back. I don't just listen to random songs from them. Like, I enjoy that experience. So being someone like that, I thought, man, it would be cool to write an album or to record an album, which, yes, it was cool. It was a cool experience. I do like that even though for the rest of my life, as of right now, I feel like I'm going to just do EPs and singles Uh, which I'll get to why. Even though that is true, there's something cool. It's kind of like once you do, like I did a half marathon. I never plan to do a half marathon again. I enjoy a lot of different exercise. I enjoy doing Insanity Max 30. I, I enjoy biking. I enjoy lots of things. But running is not something I love enough to train for a half marathon ever again, I don't think. But it's a cool check. Like, that's a cool thing that I did. It's not crazy right like a lot of people have done half marathons but it's still like a cool i did that accomplishment that you can check and call it a day an album is a similar thing but it is so 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 much work and at the end you're still inevitably going to end up with probably three to five songs that are just killer and awesome and then three to five songs that might be really good still or good still, but not quite up to the standard of those first four or five. So why do those last four or five? Because it comes at the cost of it taking twice as long, at least, right? Because now you have twice as many songs to record. Concentrate on the good ones, right? We aren't paid to, you know, probably most of us have day jobs, right? We can't afford, or, or, or like me, you are currently in college, right? Because I was in college at the time. You know, we don't have all the time in the world to record albums, right? Most of the artists who are recording full albums are artists who literally that is their job, right? They go on tour, they record the next album and then go on tour again, right? Like that's oversimplified, but that's basically what they do, right? So it makes sense for them to record a full album. But for you and I, it's a lot of work. And especially it's a lot of work and, you know, we'll end up being a year, year and a half of that whole, like people keep asking you, hey, when's it coming out? When's it coming out? It's better to just release a single, right? Throw a song out there. Maybe throw another song out there, do a five, four, five, six, maybe song EP, throw it out there, call it a day. And now you can work, start working on your next EP. And you know what? Your next EP might have three of the songs that would have been the last, like three of the last five songs on your previous album, right? So like, it's not like you can't eventually record those songs that you are cutting that you would have had on the album but didn't have on the EP, right? Because I, I get it. If you have a song that you do want to release at some point, I totally get that, right? My, my upcoming EP, I have a song that I really love that um, had, it, I, I think I wrote it before we finished the first album, but it was sort of at the point where like most of the songs were set in the first album. And even though I liked it more than some of the songs in that album, it just, it just, the timing wasn't right. So I pushed it and I said, oh, we'll do it for the second album, which never happened because the band broke up. 
Um, so I still have all those songs written and half recorded and stuff and, and ready, ready to go. But because a lot of those are very rock band centric and it seems weird me alone finishing them, although I am doing it now because I'm like, no, I'm not going to wait for a band. That's silly. But anyway, um, so now I got to be honest, I totally lost my train of thought. We can be honest with each other, right? Totally lost my train of thought. There is some real honesty. Just admitted on camera and in podcasts. I just lost my train of thought. So that's my reasoning for really pointing you towards maybe doing an EP or a single. Up to you. Just take it from me. There's something discouraging about Because there's such huge buildup to an album, right? And you can cut that in half with an EP. Because build-up doesn't really help you as a small artist. Um, it might help a larger artist, right? But for a smaller artist, the reality is people are just going to stop caring. Um, and then it becomes anticlimactic. And it's a lot of work for, you know, not a lot of gain. Because you could have just done two EPs, and now it's two separate things. And people are getting music twice as often. You know, half as much twice as often, but still. Um, how often they get it's probably more important than overall song count. So there's also some lyrics that I look back on and they no longer qualify for the rule that I've talked to you about many times before, if you've ever been with us before, which is my rule of a lyric is good if I can feel good about putting it up on a wall in a frame and it doesn't need music. It is just a quality lyric poem, if you want to see it that way, on its own. And it doesn't need the help of lyrics. Or sorry, the help of music. It stands on its own. To me, that is a mark of a great lyric that I'm happy with. And some of those songs do not pass that lyric test anymore. Now, I'm not saying they're horrible lyrics, but there are definitely some that are borderline corny or definitely in the corn territory. And not corn with the K, like hard rock band, like corn is in corny. Um, and just in general, right? Like it's some of those I wrote in high school and I'm 27 years old now. So the reality is, you know, I'm in theory 10 years better of a songwriter, which is a long time, right? 10 years in a job is often the difference between lowest level junior and a senior of whatever that job is. It's a long time. Um, but Here's the thing. As good as you are for the time, right? Like, oh, it was a great song for a first song. You know, and it was, it was, you know, considering I was in high school, considering I was this old, considering it was the third song I ever wrote, it was good. Like, the reality is at some point you're going to look back at some past stuff and you're going to think that's no longer up to my standard or you might even cringe at it. It's just the reality. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Because I thought, oh man, I don't think any of these songs I will ever cringe at. I think I will become a better songwriter and some of them will sort of fall off and be like, yeah, okay, they're fine. But I definitely didn't think that there would be some I cringe at. And don't get me wrong, I'm still very proud of very parts of the, that album. There's still songs that I would play to this day very happily. I've even considered re-recording some of them because I know more about recording now and I feel I could do a better job than I did then. So don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying everything you do early on is going to be junk, guaranteed. Not at all what I'm saying. 
just prepare yourself. No matter how much you listen to this podcast, if you write down and take notes every time I teach you, it doesn't matter. You're still going to do some stuff that that is just someday you're going to look back on and be like, yeah, that wasn't that great. And that's okay. It's a part of the growing process, right? Like you're never going to get better if you don't do. We are. We talked a couple weeks back about, you know, the best way to become a better songwriter is to songwrite, which sounds like a cop-out, but it's one of those obvious things that people don't do, right? Like I'm a little curious how many of you were like, oh crap, when I said, if you haven't songwritten in the last 10 or 20 episodes you've listened to of this, I wonder how many of you were like, oh, that's me. Um, if you're on YouTube, let me know in the comments if that's you. If you've listened to 10 to 20 pieces of content about songwriting in a row without having done any songwriting. Third thing, before we wrap up, it is amazing how much creative work you can do with nothing to show for it. So this is similar to what we talked about a couple weeks back about the reality of the writing process. And to this day, and I've been songwriting for, I mean, really songwriting for over 10 years, probably 12 years. But I started with like early middle school songwriting, you know, 15 years ago. And to this day, it never stops kind of surprising me just how long you can work on something creative and make very little progress. That if somebody from the outside saw your before 10 hours worth of work and after 10 hours worth of work and be like, two lines changed, right? Like, and that seems insane, but sometimes that's how it works. Or, you know, and when I say two lines changed, I mean, usually two lines changed in the sense of like, in the current draft, two lines changed, right? Because you might have written a ton of different versions and it ended up being a minor change that it had in like the actual draft you're working on. And the amount of time that you can sit around just kind of, you know, dwelling on where you want your song to go, mapping out where you want your song to go. And it just... It's just amazing how much time can go by with little progress. And it's easy to start to feel incompetent, but that's just a part of the creative process is, you know, it's, it's not like I'm in my basement and I installed the floor with a couple of my friends and I installed the trim. When I installed the trim or the floor for that matter, it's laminate. It takes a certain amount of time to put a plank down, hammer it in, and move on to the next one, right? Now, some take a little longer, right? Edge pieces needed to be cut, and certain pieces didn't want to fit as well as other ones. But for the most part, you could bank on, like, it's going to take this long because I know how long each plank will be, and there's steady progress, right? Like, there was basically never a time that you could, like, if my wife came downstairs looked at the progress, went upstairs and came back down 20 minutes later, there would be visible progress every time. Same with the trim, right? This is going to be visible progress every time. So a lot of work like that or cleaning the house, right? Like if you're washing the dishes, 
somebody should be able to look away for 20 seconds and look back and be able to see some progress, right? Creative work is just not like that, especially songwriting. I mean, again, it's I, I've said this before, but it's not the same as like writing a book. If you're writing the first draft of a book, you're probably typing, 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 typing. And I'm not saying you don't plan and you don't outline. And there's not some of this as well. There is. But for songwriting, there's sometimes a little less of that. And there's a lot more just narrowing down on making sure you get the exact thing right. Because at the end of the day, right, a book is going to have a ton of words. And making sure every little word is perfect is probably not realistic. Making sure everything is overall clear and that most, like, the words are, are good overall. Yeah, yeah, sure. But, like, in a lyric, you should be at some point worried, not worried, but thinking through every single word, making sure it's the right word kind of thing. And sometimes that involves a lot of brain work, a lot of creative work that doesn't actually have obvious, seeable progress. It just doesn't, it, it doesn't result in, in progress that is obvious to the eye. Word count is not a good indicator of writing progress when it comes to songwriting. Word count does not matter. Don't even look at it. Um, and songwriting has one of, if not the worst rates of time versus obviously impressive thing to show for it, right? Like you can take Easily, a song could take, you know, 50 hours of work to write or or much more. And the end result is a four minute song. Right. Like it's just it's kind of like making a highly produced video. Right. Like if you, if you wrote a skit and filmed a skit in decently high quality with like a couple cameras. Right. And you get your friends to act like that's going to take an ungodly amount of time for a four minute video. Right. Whereas me right now, I'm stream of consciousness talking. It's a podcast. Right. I'm creating like a I don't know how long it's been so far, but 30, 40 minute podcast real time. Like the total of editing I'm going to do on this is like take the audio, match it with the video and then, you know, cut a little bit and then leave the whole thing as is, except like color correct the image. Try to make it look a little better because it's from my webcam. Right. Like. That's all I'm going to do. Whereas, you know, that four minute video, so a tiny amount, like 10% of the length, maybe, because this is probably hitting 40 minutes or past at this point. So 10% of the length of this video, and it will, it will take exponentially longer to make that video. So songwriting is sort of like the worst case scenario of that, Right. As far as four minutes of content, how long you could take to make four minutes of content, it is about the worst. Just, it is. Like, I don't know what to tell you. That's the reality of it. As far as making four minutes of entertainment for somebody, there is no, I can think of no less efficient creation than that. Another thing, just to keep in mind, I hope this was helpful to you. If it was and you haven't already, be sure to drop a like. If you are on YouTube, if you are listening via podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. I appreciate all of those very much. 
I appreciate you just for listening, just for watching. So if you're new here, and if you're watching and or listening to this, and you have literally listened to every single piece of content I've ever put out, wherever you are in that spectrum, I appreciate you taking the time today out of your day to listen and or watch me talk about songwriting. I hope it was worth it to you. I hope it was helpful to you. Let me know if it was or wasn't. If there's something specific you want me to talk about, I always respond to emails, joseph at songwritertheory.com, or if you're on YouTube, just comment below what you want me to talk about. And I will certainly try my best to get to that. I always enjoy my time talking to you. And I will talk to you next time.